hope everybody's doing fabulous. It's been a it's been a minute, guys. It's been a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, I was I was all over the world, I guess, and I've been traveling. And the coolest part about all of this is that I still get to get to do the show. And today's show is super special because I met Kim, Dr. Kim Harms, earlier this year in January at uh, Jumpstart. Yeah, it was Jumpstart in January, and we just but completely connected right away. The next thing I know, she has a daughter who's like my twin and incredibly brilliant and awesome and fabulous. And then the next thing I know, I am in Minneapolis, well, yeah, um, of course you are. Going, going to the steakhouse, but eating vegetarian food. That's right. <laughs> and then we had, then we were at the MDA where I spoke, and uh, now we're going to have some stuff coming up together next year. And in 2021, hopefully, we're going to have some good stuff happening as well. Because guess yeah. what, guys? The Star of the North contacted me. Yes, they did. Yay! You were a big hit. Oh, uh, I know. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we have some viewers coming in. Hey, guys. If you are watching, tell us who you are. Tell you're watching from. So. Kim and Hillary, yeah. before I get all excited and tell them the rest of the stories, tell us a little bit about, you know, both of you. Well, uh, I'm, I'm Kim Harms, Dr. Kim Harms. I'm a dentist from, uh, I uh, went to the University of Maryland Dental School, practiced in Minnesota with my husband, Jim. Uh, thought that uh, our, all of our three children were going to... Uh, Go to dental school and become dentists and no. take over a wonderful practice. We put them to work right away around age ten. <laughs> Nobody did. No, they became lawyers. We all became lawyers. Lawyers. Stupid. And so I thought my dream. <laughs> I thought it was done. And then <laughs> when we were doing, my husband and I were doing our own transition. We asked our lawyer daughter Hillary to help us. She did. She got hooked on dental law and like I work yeah. for her now. So it's well, this is this is only dream. really, yeah. I, I don't know. No, but, but hold on, we gotta we gotta stop a minute here. Hillary, I yeah. know this is like your personal stuff. So if you don't want to share, you don't have to share. Oh, yeah. But you are a female lawyer working in the dental field yep. and you have doubled or tripled in the last one year. Quadrupled. You have quadrupled. Yeah. You have quadrupled yeah. in the last one year. Yeah. yeah. Holy, put the word there, whatever yeah. word that would be. That is insane. I know. I know. And, uh, and, and my goal was to double. And I, so I kind of, I mean, I guess my story is that I actually wanted to be a criminal lawyer, which, yeah, once I started working in that area, definitely didn't want to be that anymore. Mom um, and dad didn't look so bad. No, no, dentistry looked pretty awesome compared to that. Um, and family divorces, yeah, not the funnest thing in the world. So, yeah, so I helped them with their transition, and I realized, or I found out that dental, like, transition law is a thing. Um, and then was like, oh, I guess I can do this, and now I'm going to do it. And I had kids at home when I started. I just start up. Um, law firm from my basement and just kind of thought I'd kind of dabble and you know do it here and there while I had kids at home and then this year yeah it just kind of took off and well congratulations that is, that is absolutely incredible yeah and it and took off because she does she really takes Aww. care of her clients and she really wants the best for her clients and she has a background 
in dentistry. So she knows what to look for. She knows what's happening in the dental field. So I'm just so really, I mean, this is even better than uh, having her, you know, if, if having your practice in the office, this is the whole, it gives me a whole new career. So it's, well, it's fun. Great after retirement. I don't know. After yeah. my hand gave out, it gave me a career after retirement. So yeah. this, this worked out, this worked out great for me. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing though here is that she is so successful because like you said, she cares about her clients. She has a background in dentistry, but something else that I really think it's uh, that Hillary understands firsthand that I haven't seen a lot of people in the industry understand are the newbie doctors, are the young doctors, right? Because the number one question that all of these young doctors have right now is, how do I get rid of my student loans? Right. Right. And as a as a millennial yourself, you are in their age group and you kind of have gone through this. What are what are some of your tips for that? Well, so and kind of going back to student loans, I mean, I graduated with a ton of student loans, so I can relate to crushing student loan debt. I'm a I'm a millennial, but I'm an old millennial. <laughs> uh, I'm in the older age, but I'm still a millennial and I had student loan debt. And it's it is hard and it's crushing and you you kind of feel like I'm never going to get rid of this. And I know one of the number one things, and the majority of my clients are young dentists, and that's probably where my passion lies is just helping young dentists, you know, realize their dream of being a practice owner and helping them, you know, through that process. And I give a lot of pep talks, like you can do this, you know, if I could do it, you can do it. Um, and I always tell them the fastest way to pay off your student loan debt is to become a practice owner because it is incredible how much more money you make as a practice owner for one. And even with that extra loan that you have to take out in order to buy a practice, you're, you still make significantly more money than if you're an associate. And once that student loan debt is paid off, then you kind of put more towards your practice loan debt, then that gets paid off another couple of years. And then suddenly you're like up here, whereas being an associate, you know, you're kind of just towing the line and just making the same amount, even with certain programs where they do, you know, loan forgiveness at the end of that, five years, you're still in the same spot. Whereas if you're a practice owner, you kind of start around, you know, you start about the same spot, but you slowly, slowly, slowly make more money. And it's an incredible, I always use this graph in my presentations. It looks like a little hockey stick that goes up in lifetime earnings as practice owners. Whereas an associate, you literally just stay, stay the same. Um, and there's all these other benefits besides, you know, the financial benefits of owning a practice. But um, you know, that's the number one fear I think of young dentists is how am I going to pay off my student loan debt? And I always tell them become a practice owner. Because- which is, you know, which is so interesting, right? Because we're living in a, in a world now where ownership, especially for a small business is kind of like, oh no, because corporates yeah. are taking over and everybody's scared to be a practice owner. So, you know, when you guys did, uh, MDA put up the entrepreneurial program, which was your brainchild, pretty much you and Don and, you know, everybody who worked together on it. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you know, but like you guys kind of, you know, put together this entrepreneurial program and in the room we had what, like 50, 60 young dentists. Yeah. We had 70 plus all young dentists. Yeah. Um, Either they were just coming out of school, either uh, they were new practice owners. I think it was less than 10 years of ownership overall. And they were all in this room and there was an entire day that was spent specifically to go over how do you become a practice owner? But how do you get the money for it? How do you market it? How do you make sure you have a good team? How do you put the process together? And it was super enlightening to me. Like I took that book with me back because I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. Dawn at the MDA did. Oh my gosh, really with Hillary. Yeah, worked, but she, you know, that book was amazing. Yeah, 
good it's, resource. Well, it's it's a fantastic book, but you know, like this mindset of, and have you seen that happen with a lot of your clients, Hillary? Because I know you work with a lot of young clients, and have you seen that by becoming a practice owner? Because in the room we had people with Teslas. Remember, I asked how many people. Oh had my Teslas? god! I know. So, as long as you don't buy a Tesla, first year practice ownership, you can pay off your student debt. Because you probably could, I think a Tesla's what, like 200 grand? That's probably your student debt right there. But um, no, I mean, I have clients that have paid off their student loans within two years of practice ownership, within one year, within three years. I mean, they literally just within a couple of years, as long as they, you know, maintain their lifestyle. I mean, as long as they're not going out buying like a big mansion suddenly. I mean, that's probably the caveat. But, you know, if you're just going to stay in the same place and drive the same car and, pay off that student debt, you can do it pretty quickly um, being a practice owner. So. Well, we can do so much of that pretty quickly, but here's the cool part about doing this, right? Is so once you have the, you know, once you have this practice ownership, how, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just seeing people are commenting. How are we, how are we able to get rid of it? Because I am a business owner, you're a business owner. And we know that being a business owner is not easy. Yeah. Um, you know, Dr. Harms was a business owner for, for many, many years. You practiced dentistry. And many, many of the, you know, younger dentists that I speak with, I just spoke in Pennsylvania to like a room of, I don't know, it was 20 plus residency students who are graduating next year. Mm-hmm. And there I have real fears. Okay. You are, you know, not something that is easy for them to do. How do you get, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? And what are some of the greatest fears you'll come across? What you know? What, I graduated from dental school in 1981, so I'm I'm one of those baby boomers, those old baby boomers. They <laughs> boomer. practice. I'm a boomer. <laughs> I am proud to be a boomer. We we live before GPSs, so I you know I can get around. But the thing that I want to tell, I would love to tell the young dentists coming out is we had our fears too, and and the American Dental, uh, American Dental association did a survey recently of what the biggest fears are of the young dentists and they were paying off student debt was a big one patient care uh, insurance companies um, and having enough patients those are their those are their fears well interestingly enough the fears that we had when we were uh, when I graduated in 1981 was that um, Sears had started the first dental clinic so we thought Sears was going to take over like Walmart we, like Walmart or like yeah. the big corporate companies Sears was going to take over and we would because they had optical at the time they had taken over opticals yeah. so they're going to take over us too so we thought we'd all be working for Sears uh, the, the HMOs were starting capitated HMOs yeah. were a big thing at the time that that was scary wow over and um, we had a 21 and a half percent interest rate in 1981, 21 and a half percent. And I and just in comparison, a practice loan right now, you can get for about 3.9 to 4%. So and looking over, if, if you, yeah. if you take that over 10 years, uh, the, the, we paid more, we would have paid more out in 10 years with the 20 for the same amount of money, but the 21% uh, uh, practice debt we would have paid so much in interest that it would more than cover the larger loans that they're taking out today. Yeah, I mean, we paid sure. so much in interest that we paid far, you know, far more than what the student debt is. You would have paid off your student debt and paid off the interest rate. And we did. We're, we're the ones who are selling our practices now. So we did pretty good for ourselves. And I don't, yeah. frankly, <laughs> I don't know of a single member of my class 
that, that was not involved in like, you know, an addiction problem or a gambling, some other problem that other than dentistry that focused on dentistry, there wasn't a single member of my class that didn't do well. You know, wow. and, and part of it was you put the money in the barn, you put the money in your practice first. Yep. I, I, it terrifies me when some, when, when some, uh, someone that's just starting out feels they need the big car and the big house pay oh. practice off first. And then you get the big car and the big house. Yep. And then if something happens, I ended up with an injury in my drilling fingers when I was 54 years old and I was expecting another, at least 15 years of practice, but I was able to retire. I had to, you know, I didn't, I was forced uh, and get get and get disability insurance for sure. I didn't I didn't get as much as I would have had I known I was going to go out. But um, I was able to to live my lifestyle because I didn't I didn't uh, spend I didn't buy Tesla. I didn't buy. Well, Tesla. I think I think for whatever reason there is this. You know, I think it has changed so much because we are living in a world where your life is online, right? And there's yeah. almost this like you know we call it FOMO, like fear of missing out, like there and. And people always share this huge successes and they share like, oh, look at me living my fabulous, like, you know, great Gatsby kind yeah. of lifestyle. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, but the reality of all of this, I think we have to talk about is that so much of, of any of this doesn't, it's not about what people are sharing. It's, you know, I think that more people need to share behind the scenes. Oh yeah. You know, you don't become an overnight success. There is no such thing as an overnight success. There is no such thing. And if you talk to anyone, especially the young ones coming out who are, you don't, like my husband and I, um, Andrew is a physician and he graduated in 2017. This is 2019. And we paid back his entire, we're completely debt free. We paid back his loan and everything, all the debt by March of 2019. So in 18 wow. months, we are completely debt free. Yep. But guess what? I don't live in a mansion. No. Um, yeah. I drive, you know, my original car is a 2009 Toyota Corolla, which runs yeah. amazing and it's absolutely great. We eat at home a lot because it's healthy and it's cheaper. Um, we do take a lot of vacations and travel because we like to travel. That's our, this is how we spend our money. But even if you were to go to vacation, we don't stay at the Ritz, you right. know, like we don't, you know, we don't do that. Like I go on and I use my um, Hopper app and I find out when the cheapest tickets are and like for airline yeah. points. And, yeah, yeah, I use my airline points. I use my hotel points like, oh, this is half an hour away from the main city. OK, that's fine. We'll hike it or we'll, we'll rent a car. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think so much of life is possible if you are to make good decisions. Right. Um, and I think a lot of what you're saying here, you know, it also and good decisions and also peace of mind, because yeah, the number one complaint that I get from, you know, working with all these practices has to do with their team. Yeah. There is this, um, I think, and you know, Kim, you may be able to tell me this a little bit better because you, you've been practicing for yeah. long and, you know, the industry longer. Like right yeah. now, there is definitely this whole issue with, with teams. Um, a lot of people are experiencing it. A lot of people don't know how to deal with it. Has that always been present in dentistry? 
I remember growing up and my mom telling me like stories about staff members. Like, I, like it was almost like she was grooming me to be a business owner or something someday. Because <laughs> I'm like six years old. Now, honey, when you have staff, this is how you handle it. I'm like, okay, mommy. Like, yeah. so, it didn't work. She yeah. didn't become a dentist, but really. Oh. But anyway, but I, you know, the, I think the thing is you have to be, and, and this is a fear, I think, that drives so many dentists into a corporate situation because they think, oh, I just, I'm going to go into a corporate situation and I don't, then I don't want to deal with the staff. I don't have to deal with someone else. And news, with that. news alert, you still have to deal with the staff. You still I mean, have to deal with them. And right. actually it might, yeah. you know, in some cases it could be worse because you have a, if you have a team member that you don't like yeah. and is your assistant, for instance, and you can't fire her or him, you're stuck. You're stuck. Yeah. So there are some there are some stresses that are worse because you don't have control over the situation. Yeah. But I think that it's absolutely critical from the beginning to have a good conflict management program. And I really recommend uh, training. Con two, we had two conflict managers that were team members, people that were trusted. You have to be aware of the clicks in the office, you know, so that you're not, you know, you're you're not going to pick a conflict manager yeah. that's in one click. And the the other side will think that that they're not being treated fairly. So get trusted members to to deal with the conflicts and hold people accountable, so that when they have something go, when something goes wrong that they're unhappy with, yeah. they have an avenue. They don't just go back into the sterilization room, which is like the water cooler for the dental office where everyone complains and complains. You go to the conflict manager, and we trained our staff to um, not accept uh, grumbling. So. Mm. We, Time you grumble, we're passing it on to everybody else. You might be having a great day when you come into the office and someone starts grumbling, you're gonna get get affected by it too. So when they're when someone is unhappy, they go to a conflict manager. They have because there's a route you want to be able to take care of issues. So they go to the conflict manager, and if they start complaining to you, you say, Okay, take it over. Marion, Marion and Ginger Delegate. are conflict managers. Take it to the conflict managers, yeah. and then they then that then there's a way to try to solve it. Now, yeah. the interesting thing is. That you find when you do that and you hold people accountable for helping to solve the problems themselves, if they know that a conflict manager is going to look at it, yeah. they might they, they are far more willing to take care of the issue themselves. And you have a lot less grumbling if you give people an avenue for solving the, the issue. So I really recommend that there is some avenue within your within your office so that when a staff member is unhappy with something, they can take care of it in a positive way. They have somewhere to go because if 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 they feel like they're trapped, you know, then they're going to grumble and they're going to complain and, and things aren't going to get settled. But if they have an avenue to take care of it, uh, you're going to find much less conflict and your team is going to get much stronger. And uh, and, it and, is and the dentist don't ha doesn't have to worry about it. The dentist is happier. And it kind of goes after them, someone else. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. And it basically, it's not... You, you don't get it as a dentist. You don't get any issues as a dentist unless it's been through the conflict managers and then you can kind of solve it as a team. So absolutely a problem, but, but um, you know, the stress does not go away when you are no longer in control of the decision. So I think that's important. I feel like it's almost, I mean, you're going to have stressors no matter where you work. I mean, if you work in a corporate, if you work in community healthcare, you're, you're going to have stressors no matter what. It's just different kinds of stress. And we're not, Right. Well, I mean, the one thing is that I really liked about what Kim just said was resolve the conflict. Usually what I get from people is fire them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> usually, usually the solution is, well, let them go. 
Why, why are you wasting your time on it? But I think we forget that we work with humans. <laughs> and yeah. just like us, you know, everybody, everybody has a past, a present, a history, things that bother them, things that they love. And for whatever reason, we forget that. And we're like, well, they're not, they're, they're causing this, so we're just gonna, you know, instead of figuring out why this is happening, is right. this going to be uh, something that's gonna repeat, even if we were to hire a new team member? Yep. Right. Like, why don't we resolve whatever the conflict is and make this a, a work environment where people are celebrated? And because if you as a business owner can't even connect with your team, how do you expect them to connect with your patients? Right. And not only that, but I mean, there's some areas, especially I mean, Minneapolis, where we're we have a staffing shortage, you know, there's assistant, especially um, there's also um, hygienists to some extent, but some places can't afford to just fire people. Like they have to somehow work it out. Otherwise they will, <clears throat> they'll be short staffed because there's just no one available to yeah, take over. Staff shortage. I have to yeah. tell you just a quick little story is that I had one of my, my very, very, one of my favorite hygienists. I don't want to say very, but one of my very favorite hygienists um, when she first started, she had a little chip on her shoulder, just a little bit. And there was an issue with the office manager where she wasn't respectful. And, but I knew she had so much potential. And so I went to her and I just sat down with her. And I just looked at her and I said, you know, I really want you to be successful here. I really want you to be successful here, but you can't treat, I shouldn't say, but I really want you to be successful. And, and you, can't yeah. treat, you can't treat the office manager the way you treated her. You have to accept her authority. She'd asked her to do something that was very legitimate and she just kind of, you know, fluffed her off. Mm -hmm. And you have to accept that. And you, you know, if you want to work here, you have to accept that. So please let's work together so you can do that. And when I approached her like that, she, she changed immediately. Yeah. And let me tell you, she was, I, I had so much fun with this dental hygienist for years and we laughed and had such a good time. It was one of the best things I did not to fire her. Um, yeah. And so I think she was my hygienist. Like she was, I yes, she was loved her. Fabulous, yes. And we're still yeah. friends today. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, when she first started, I had, I had to ask that question. So I think giving them a chance now, certainly if, if you're giving them, you, you need the right verbal skills. Mm -hmm. And if you're giving them a chance, give a chance the first time, maybe give them a second chance. And then there, there might come a time if they're not going to cooperate. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly, you have to fire. But I think we need to work on coaching our team members to be a team and a family first, and then firing certainly is a is a last resort. Right. Well, I mean, like I said, you know, yeah, if you give people multiple chances and they still don't, and obviously you want to have clear documentation, you oh, want yeah. to have reviews. And Hillary, you know all about this, right? Oh, yeah. Clear documentation. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. How? Because I have had people. So I had one client, and you, you know. I, my clients are like, you know, once we, they, even not once we, I, I don't want to say once we start, let's just say that everybody I work with either <laughs> are, either we're like friends when we talk, when we chatted or they become friends with me. Oh, yeah. like, I don't think I have one client in my past 10 years that has ever said anything negative and I can, I can call all of them my friends. Right. right. Um, so I had this one client um, who literally messaged me one day and she was having issues with this team member. And this was a weird request. She's like, can you fire this person for me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and this is where I have to draw a line. And I'm like, I am yeah. your marketing strategist. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. cannot legally fire yeah. anybody from your business, nor do I have the authority. I don't even know this person. Like, 
And she's like, but can't you do it as a friend? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, because this is legal. Like there has to be, and she didn't have, because she wasn't doing her reviews and she didn't have, and she's like, yeah, I verbally spoke to this person about the issues, but I'm like, what written documentation do you have? Yeah. Right, so Hillary, tell us a little bit about this. So I always recommend that if you're having issues, well, you should always do yearly, if not quarterly reviews, um, just to have people, you know, just to let them know how they're doing. Um, and then every time you have a meeting with someone, first of all, always have someone else present. So maybe it's an office manager, maybe it's one of your partners, maybe it's a trusted assistant, but always have a second person there because then they can always be a witness essentially oh. to the conversation. Um, and then I always say document everything, especially if you're having issues and especially if you kind of suspect that they're trying to get fired or trying to, you know, like they might have a claim against you or, you know, kind of, you kind of get that underlying, like, oh, I feel like they're going to like try to sue me someday. Um, Cause people just give up that vibe sometimes. Like I like to sue people. Um, so I always tell people to document everything. Email, if you're going to have any communications with them, don't call them, email them. Um, because then that can always be used later. Um, but always, if you're ever gonna have a meeting, take notes and have someone else there with you. So, and if it, in the end you're having a problem, employee, you can fire them. I mean, it's, I mean, I know at least in Minnesota we're an at-will state, and a lot of states are like that. So you can usually fire someone for any reason whatsoever. Um, but obviously, check your state laws. But um, you know, document everything, and that's true with, I mean, patient records, employee records. Documentation is awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I just want to give a shout out to Nilesh. Dr. Sakar is here with us. Brian, Mary Ship. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. I was just informed by my uh, my team member here that apparently there are issues happening with Facebook and Instagram. So oh. if there are issues happening. And if you can't see us or you can't hear us, this episode is going to stay live. Don't worry. But if you are watching, make sure you tell us where you're watching from. And I apologize if there are any issues happening on this i, I yeah apparently today's uh, has been a technologically challenging day i do have to make a comment so today hillary was trying to get on the show who was a millennial yeah and uh, kim who was a baby boomer and and Kim, who is not a millennial, who's a boomer, was able to get on the show before Hillary can. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Thank you for documenting yes. that. Yes. I have documented that. You know, I was at a conference um, a couple of months ago, and in the conference, they asked, it was, I don't know, about 100 or so people. Uh, somebody asked, you know, they were, we were talking about different things, generations, and somebody asked, how many of in the room are millennials? And there were only four of us. So only, only mm -hmm. four millennials in the entire room. And everybody else was boomers, okay? Mm -hmm. And I remember this because I was standing on the corner. Everybody in the room was on their phones who were the boomers. They were live, they were, it. They oh, were yeah. taking photos. She was with me, you were with me. This is SCN in June. You were with me, Hillary. Oh, I was with you. Yeah, yeah, remember we were at SCN in June. And like we were, the, we were one, like one of the four millennials in the room. And oh, yeah. Everybody else who's, who's a boomer is video streaming and Instagramming and live chatting. And the millennials don't even have their phones out. Like I didn't even have one picture because I was being so, you know, like I was being. Uh, uh, 
Oh, we I, apparently we're just more respectful than boomers. I guess. <laughs> Dang, yeah. Yeah. Well, either we are. We are making this weird circle. We are making this weird circle where we are going back to okay. Oh, yeah. We have too much technology, and yeah. we need to take a break, and we have to be present, and we yeah. have to take all this in, right? Because that didn't used to be there before. Right. So that was the only time where I, you know, I was like, wow. And then I've been noticing this trend ever since. <laughs> Everywhere I go, um, and in this brings me to the marketing point because. Something that I see a lot of the young dentists um, doing and a lot of the young dentists who are trying to have their practices work and are new owners is that they are understanding this value of time mm -hmm. and they're adding to that. So they are trying to sit down and talk about, well, how do we go ahead um, and schedule extra time for new patients or how do we make sure that we close the office for one hour once a month and it's a team meeting yeah. um, or we do monthly team appreciation and we do patient appreciation and you know there's so much awesome things happening uh, to show other people how much you care about them yeah. um, have you noticed that similar trends happening for you as well i i see a lot in, in my younger dentist owner owner uh, younger dentist practice owners and they do a lot of really cool creative things like i have one client that does like incentive bonuses um but not in money in pto um, oh. Oh. i've seen actually that's kind of really cool it actually is really I, what i saw that was like oh my gosh this is amazing and he was really proud that he came up with this but but yeah instead of handing out you know i mean i think he still does sort of some raises but for the most part instead of doing like production bonuses for his hygienists and assistants he does yeah extra pto which I think is brilliant because it doesn't necessarily cost him a whole lot, but yet, you know, it really makes a huge difference to the staff um, having those extra days off. Um, I think a lot of my, a lot of my clients, and keep in mind, most of my clients are women. So um, most of them have young kids and a lot of them want to become practice owners because they want that life work balance too. Um, and I think being, and you know, being a business owner, I mean, you get to determine your schedule, right? So I'm able to, at least I for sure am able to work around my kids. And I think a lot of young women dentists want to be practice owners because then they can determine their schedule too. And I know my mom was at every yeah, sporting we, event. I we mean, were, we with three yeah. kids, did not, we did not miss a sporting nope. event. There was at least one field of us trips. there. We were on field yeah. even though they didn't really want us to be on the field. No, probably not. Time, but yeah, we were on all their field. Especially we, were the parents. Teenagers. we were on the, you know, we were, we did the book club. We did all your reading clubs when they were yep. little. We were, we were like one of, I was in a group of maybe five mom volunteers in the school the big elementary school and um uh, because and I, because i could say i'm taking off this time uh, yeah. but every day to take care of my children i can put my children first and so i think that is a wonderful thing about having your own business and being able to work for yourself and adjust your schedule and also build trust with your patients because when you're directly working with that patient and you have direct control you can build more trust. You don't have to live by corporate policy or corporate rules. You can build that relationship. And it's those relationships that really oh, yeah. be fun. It's all about relationships. And I think that's a big difference. And not saying, I mean, you definitely embody this in mentality, but I feel like millennials, I always say millennials, you know, work to live, not live to work. So, you know, we, I'm saying we as an old millennial, um, uh, you know, I work because I want to be able to, have a life too you know and i don't mind i don't spend my entire life trying to work 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 
Um, and then, you know, living on the side, I would much rather do the other way around. So, and I feel like that's sort of a mantra of the millennial generation too. So, and, and Hillary was, you know, she's been offered jobs by big, you know, law firms, big corporate law firms. And she says, well, why would I, you know, I can work on my own schedule and my own pace myself. Why would I want to go and work for a corporate company? Because that's her philosophy. However, I don't want to, you know, certainly there are people that, that were, that the corporate were, yeah. life works out great. I was in the public health service for many years. There are certain, uh, people can, the nice thing about dentistry is you can choose right. the type of practice you want. But my, my concern is that people are being kind of scared away from private practice. And I think that before they make a choice, they need to look at, do, do their homework. And for instance, yeah. take a look at their total, you know, what are, what are their finances going to look like today, depending on their choice? And what are their finances going to look like in 20 years, depending on their choice? And how are they going to retire, depending on their choice? So I think, look at the big picture before you make decisions. Don't be scared away. I mean, if we were scared away, we would have, you know, Sears would have taken over if our deals had come true. We'd all be working. <laughs> I don't know, Walmart. Walmart's we'd, coming we'd in all, hot. Know, we would I all be know. working on a capitated system. Yep. You know, uh, <laughs> all the fears that we had at the time in 81, we're not realized. We all did fine. So I think that, you know, follow the rules and, and especially put make, make sure you put the money in the barn first. Watch your personal life. <laughs> Um, but make a choice that's right for you, and don't be don't become, you know, don't 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 be fearful. Don't live in fear of of a, a choice that might be a great one for you. Well, Absolutely. like you know, we keep saying put the money in the barn, but at the same time, you only have to put the. I mean, you put the money in the barn, but the more money you put in the barn, the more you get yeah. out of it too. So then you can someday you can buy that Tesla if you really really want one. I mean, like so it's not it's not out of reach. And in fact, you know, I know dentists that can afford a Tesla you know, 50 times over if they really wanted to, but that's just not maybe how they live, but you can do that. And that's kind of the nice thing about being a practice owner is that you have a lot of options. So, right. you know, you have the ability to be successful. It's on you. I think that's the scariest, scariest part, right? Because when you are a business owner. Yeah. You are the one to blame for everything that went wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a fear because people are always going to be like, well, what if, what if I don't succeed or what yeah. if I fail and it doesn't happen? But my, you know, when I hear that, um, usually I just say, but what if you do succeed? Right. And it, how awesome. That, and honestly, right. Right. And, and talk to of all the business ventures, anyone can take any profession. Dentists have like, I think it's like a 0.5% default rate on like loans. I mean, like literally that's like nothing. That's literally nothing. So like you would have to really try hard to fail at dentistry at, at practice ownership. And like, honestly, the only time I've ever seen someone start to fail is because they just literally didn't show up. Like they just gave up Many times and had a didn't problem. show up. Another and, issue. Right. Yeah. But like, other than that, like it, it takes a lot to like, fail at practice ownership like it really does it's 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 the closest thing to a sure thing in business ownership that you, you possibly get more than lawyers more than most other things so it's just ask the banks yeah just ask there's the a reason banks why banks like you. compete for yeah. your business yeah there's a reason why you know dso's are springing up and, and venture capitalists are investing in dentistries because it's profitable and it's kind of a sure thing there's a reason why people are trying to get their hands on dentistry is because it makes a lot of money, you know, and it's a sure thing. And the crazy thing about it is that this, you know, billion dollar something what was it, like $3 billion industry wouldn't exist without dentists. So dentists, I think 
don't realize how much power and how much control they have over their own industry. And it's up to them how they want to, you know, live their leverage life. It, right. How they want right. to leverage it. Right. So exactly. What, what would you both say is like the best advice for a young dentist who's like considering ownership, practice ownership? I think the first thing I always say is build your team first. So if you're considering practice ownership, start talking to the, you know, the professionals that you're going to have around you throughout your career. Um, attorney, obviously, probably most important and coolest of your team. Um, uh, bankers, your financial advisors, um, accountant, um, start with those three essentially. And then um, just start looking for a practice, start looking around, start researching. Um, find professionals that are dental specific because not only are they gonna know, you know, what they're doing because they're dental specific, but they know everyone else in the industry as well. They know where you can go look to find practices, where you can look to, or oh, give yeah. options, you know? Like I know every single place in Minnesota that sells practices. So, and I could tell you, you know, where to go. Um, so they can definitely start to get you on the right path. And then once you do find a practice or maybe you want to do a startup, you know, they can help you sort of start that process and guide you along the way. And then you go from there. So I think finding your team is the number one thing because they can help you not only, I mean, and they also know everyone else in the industry too. So, um, they can help you. If you find a, an attorney or you find an accountant first, they'll tell you where to go to find the other three or four or five other professionals. Well, I don't think people, I don't think people realize that. Like right. just between us, how much are we able to provide? Yeah. Right? Like it's crazy how, I, I mean, our industry is so big, but it's crazy how small it is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, yeah. it's so big that it's small, you know, yeah. like it's so big that it's small because so many of us, like I need this. Oh, I have somebody for you. Oh, I need, oh, I can totally do that. Or I need this. Oh, I know somebody who does that. Right. Like yeah. it's a, it's an industry where everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And I always say, like, if you don't know, just ask. Yep. There's no, you won't know anything until you ask. Once you ask, you know the answer. Like what is, and there are times where somebody will tell me uh, something and, you know, and I always refer out if I don't do that stuff. And, but if I'm doing something and they're like, and I'm like, I'm going to Google that and I'm going to get back to you. Yeah. Or let me see who else in the industry knows the answer. Or I, do you mind if I shoot you an email introduction? Or what if I shoot you a Facebook message or whatever it is, because our industry has everybody you need in it. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's a small little niche too. So like, oh, usually yes. like, I only do dental law. Like you do, you pretty much stay in the dental market too. So like everyone that does practice management consultants, I mean, they, they are in the dental market. So these are people that literally, you know, dedicate their lives to the dental industry and we all know each other. Yeah. So, yeah. and we don't, um, you know, we don't have anything. We don't have anything where we are ashamed of it or where we are, um, I think major majority of us, because we still have a few who are Walmart mentality or competitor mentality and they just don't. But majority yeah. of us, I think, support each other. And, oh, yeah. you know, we always want each other to grow. Yep. So absolutely. Well, any last, we are hitting that time. I can't believe that we're hitting that time already. Um, any, uh, any last minute ad advice for our awesome viewers? I think for me, just treat your patients like you'd want to, like you'd want to be treated yourself, or you treat your your mother or your grandmother. And trust is your most important clinical asset. And dentistry is about relationships. That is mm -hmm. the key. When you get out of school, you've been focusing on the teeth all this time. 
it's about relationships and keeping those relationships for long term. And it's the best profession ever. I have to just put that in there. I think I would just say for young dentists that you can do this. You can be a practice owner and if I can do a startup law firm for my basement, you can you can do a oh, practice. You're gonna be you're gonna be by the way, you're gonna be like on the you're gonna be in the cover of Forbes <laughs> one of these days and your story's gonna be like how I started from the basement of my house as a lawyer to how I became a multi billion dollar lawyer. Cause like First of all, you quadrupled in one year, which is unheard of. I hope you have your business. Did you submit your business for income five thousand, like Inc. five thousand and stuff? Because they need to be, they need to be showing this progress nationally and be listing you as like one of the go-to businesses. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I actually credit a lot of it to Mark LeBlanc, which I know we all know. Yes. But it actually literally started happening right after I went to one of his achiever circles. So. I told him, like, you can take credit for this because I started, like, shooting up after I went to your Achiever Circle. So I'm just going to say what that. A brilliant man. Oh, in there and for Mark. And because your clients trust you. Because well, I know yeah. that you really care about them, which is it's the same philosophy as dentistry. You, yeah. put your, you put your clients or your patients first, and you work as hard as you can to take care of their needs. The rest of it's going to come. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in a nutshell, ladies, tell us uh, if people – well, tell us – Exactly. We never talked about what you provide. We just said lawyer. And, <laughs> you know, like, tell us exactly like what you do and how can people find you? So, um, I'm a dental lawyer. So I do about almost the majority of my clients are, I would say like 99% of my clients are dentists. Um, I mainly help dentists with transitions. So, um, buying and selling practices. I both sell and do both sellers and buyers, the majority of my clients are buyers, young dentists, um, I help with associate contracts, anything to do with contracts or trans transactional work, um, employee issues. I get, a, I get a lot of, can I fire this person? A lot. Um, and yeah, I'm just here to help dentists with their legal issues. Um, I'm licensed in Minnesota, South Dakota, and Wisconsin in two weeks. So I just got my license in Wisconsin. So and eventually my well my sister's probably going to be joining us pretty soon too so the, the other oh. lawyer the other lawyer who's working in dentistry so i am like yes I'm so excited and she's in uh, missouri and kansas so yeah wow i didn't know that that's awesome yeah so these are just like the harms girls are just taking over it's yeah. <laughs> and and kim tell a little bit about you because i don't even think people know that you are the spokesperson for the ADA. Yeah, I was a spokesperson for the American Dental Association for, for 21 years. And I was president, of, I was the first woman president of the Minnesota Dental Association uh, back in 2000, brought, brought, in the, brought in the millennial for the millennials. Uh, but what I do now is I work with, through Pine Lake Law, I am a, a, I'm a qualified neutral mediator, I'm a civil mediator. So I work with the Dental Association with peer review and when patients complain, I get so much insight. I listen to the patients complaining and work with peer review about the patient complaints. And I, my, my, big, my, my heart really is working with uh, conflict management, also grief management. We, we lost, I lost my son, my Hillary lost her brother to suicide. We had to manage that and focus on that and heal and try to recover our lives after that. So I work with uh, with uh, dental offices that are suffering from uh, traumatic loss and uh, and emotional emergencies in general. So I've, I've got a lot of areas to cover a lot of years. And so I, I work with people to help them get through that. Well, she's been speaking at all the big speaking major it. events lately too. So Miss 
speaking career kind of taking off over here yeah. too. So yeah, with Chicago Midwinter in February and February, as the leadership yeah. and yeah. yeah. I love so. working with- Oh, we're going to Hawaii in February. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Maybe I have to make another trip, guys. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, come and visit. Can I be a plus one? Can yeah. I be a plus one? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll find a job and we can somehow business expense it. So the other great thing about business ownership is that you get to find a lot of really cool things to expense. So yes. we get to expense this job. Yeah, legally. It's all legal. Yes, I, I asked my accountant. Yes, that's very true. Well, thank you so much for being here with us tonight, ladies. Uh, viewers, I'm sorry that uh, Facebook's having glitch, but technology, guys, it's okay. Uh, the show's going to stay. It's been a challenging, technologically challenging day. Um, so if you haven't been able to see the watch, just let me know. You'll get the link. It's going to be on my wall. I'll share it in my group. Hillary and Kim are absolutely fabulous and amazing. And I will also go ahead. No, you're amazing. And yeah. um, just what is the website? It's pinelaw.com, right? Pinelakelaw.com. Right. Pinelakelaw.com. Yeah. And and the devilmediator.com is a is a branch of Pine Lake Law. Yeah. So pinelakelaw.com is our meeting, right? It's I'm putting it down here, guys. So if you guys didn't see it, it's pinelakelaw.com. And then Kim, you also said and which one is the it? Dental mediator, the dentalmediator.com. The dentalmediator.com. Com. Yes. is also an uh, also the website that is associated with pine law and again that's with conflict management and all those wonderful wonderful things so if you have any questions feel free to reach out to this fabulous ladies and uh, thank you so much for your time today thanks, thanks, for all. thanks for bye all. bye, bye. <laughs> You're listening to Marketing and Mocktails with Manal Sampat, a previously recorded Facebook Live episode inside the group Marketing and Mocktails with Manal, where dental professionals discuss, share, and learn about dental marketing. Manal Sampat is an entrepreneur, speaker, healthcare provider, and enthusiastic shoe lover. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Dentistry IQ, Forbes, the Guinness Book of World Records, and more. Join her as she discusses marketing, team, business growth, with other industry experts. And if you'd like to receive 10 ways to improve your marketing today, simply text the word RESOURCES to 38470.